But once I really got acclimated to my surroundings and got involved with the community, I mean, it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. So just coming up to Bozeman and entrenching myself into something that was new, I think it, it really opened my eyes to where I could grow as a person. It really helped me um, to, to take on the career that I have today, you know, being able to communicate and talk with different people that grew up in different places. I think it's really phenomenal, you know, how, how life kind of takes you to these different walks and you learn different things from different people and you have these awesome experiences and Montana State ranks up there. It's the top experiences that I've had just because we won a lot of games, but I met a lot of awesome people as well. Happy now for our latest installment, Catching Up with the Cats, a podcast series dialoguing and remembering some of the best players from Montana State football over the last decade. I've been on the beat now at MSU for about 10 years, so these are the guys that I got to know the best and some of the best players that Montana State's had in the modern era this week. Catching up with the Cats, Jody Owens. He was the 2012 Big Sky Conference Defensive Player of the Year, multiple-time All-American linebacker at MSU, and uh, just an all-around good dude who I love getting to know. J.O., thanks so much for being with us, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I can't complain. Glad to be here. First and foremost, let's give people an update just about uh, exactly where you're at in the world. What's going on with Jody Owens and uh, where you at in the world? Uh, So currently I have a wife, have a son. So I've matured. I've grown up a little bit. Right now, I'm the co-defensive coordinator here at Pittsburgh State. Division II program, probably one of the top Division II programs in the nation. So, yeah, located here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. This is my first full season here. I think we're, we're doing some pretty incredible things. Got a good, great group of young men that I work with on a daily basis. So I'm fired up. I'm excited. I love going to work every day and bring the passion and the energy to, to the room and to the defense. And the tie that binds is another Montana State connection, right? Brian Wright, former offensive coordinator for uh, Montana State. He's the head coach there, right? Yep, Coach Wright is our head man. He's doing a phenomenal job. Even back when we played at Montana State, Coach Wright was definitely a person that you knew was going to be a head coach, just his whole demeanor, his ability to lead men. So, you know, I just stayed in contact with Coach Wright, continued to get to know him better, and knew that he's a man of morals and a man that knew exactly what he wanted. So when he got the job and called me, I was fired up, you know, to to work for a man that's going to be very, very successful and already has a a pretty – some track record himself so fired up to be here fired up to learn from him be mentored by him so it's been an excellent transition for for me and my family the uh, the coaching path is, is often a grind right so you went remind me so you went from you went to washington first is that right i started off in high school back down in texas that's right that's right and then I came up to Montana State, and then from Montana State, I went to Reno um, with Coach Brian Polian. From there, that's when I went to Washington. From Washington, you know, we went to a, a Fiesta Bowl and Rose Bowl and won the Pac-12. And from there, I went to um, Briarcliff University, which is in Sioux City, Iowa, NAIA program for a year, did some cool things there. And then that's what uh, has led me here. And this is my second year here, but first full year, you know, with COVID and all of that. So, but it's been really, really good. Like I said, I've had one of the best groups that I've ever had. You know, I got a lot of young players that are making a lot of plays. So I think we're we're turning some heads and, and guys are definitely fired up and they're excited about Pittsburgh State. Uh, defense and the future for sure. I covered Division Two uh, my first couple of years out of college, and that was coming off of having covered Big Sky Conference football when I was in college. And uh, Division Two is good ball, man. So I mean, what have you thought of just the level of play and just the the league you guys are in, and, and just you know, kind of how it compares to some of the other levels of football you see? I've actually was crazy just over my tenure. I've seen NAIA football, Division Two. I've seen FCS, of course. 
um, group of five, power five. And, you know, you just have just solid football players. You have guys that are passionate about the game. And then you have some exceptional athletes. You know, I think I have a few guys within my room and with on this team that like, whoa, how's this guy at this level? You know, right. so you think you, you kind of look around and, and some of the, the best teams, they have a lot of a lot of players that are probably not quote-unquote division two players but they just got overlooked or you know some kind of way they ended up you know at this level but i think you you find that there's a, some good football you find out that there's passionate fans and you find out that uh people really really care about the success of their program and that's exactly what pittsburgh state is so definitely fired up to be here no doubt about it well, that's awesome, man. Well, I, I think people don't realize how much time and effort it takes to get to any point. <laughs> well, a full-time coaching job is tough, but it takes so much work to get there. So, uh, good for you. Uh, last question about the present. You're married. You got a boy. That's right. Yep. So I'm married. Got a son. He's three. So he's the second. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to talk to Coach V, trying to see if we can go ahead and get an offer. <laughs> so it's about that time. That's the that's the only way the Bobcats have a chance if they get on them early. <laughs> well, you gotta well, love yeah. it. <laughs> he's uh yeah he's playing some uh, soccer and basketball. So we'll see. Very smart uh, young man. And then my wife, she's a nurse here. So just beautiful young lady, and she's uh just keeps me in line. So certainly appreciate that. Well, that's what you need, a good woman to keep exactly. you alive for sure. Exactly. Well, let's take it way back to when you were in high school uh, in Texas. First of all, tell people about your high school football program in Mesquite, right? Yep, so I went to Mesquite Horn High School. At the time, it was a fairly new high school, but now I think people around the Metroplex have heard of it Yep, uh, a lot more since then. Uh, we, we wasn't, you know, good or, or anything like that, nothing to brag about. I think my three years on the varsity we went like one and nine. Well, no, we went three and seven, four and six, and then uh, like one and nine or something like that. And so we wasn't a, a powerhouse program by any means, but I was lucky to kind of stand out. And because uh, Justin Gaines came down and, and recruited me, uh, who's a former Grizzly. Yep. Uh, I definitely throw that in his face a lot. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm definitely, you know, glad that he came up and, you know, the, the Bobcats took a chance on a young man from Ski, Texas. And every time I stepped on the field, I, I certainly want, wanted to make the Bobcat fans proud. I wanted them to know that I cared about the program as much as they did. And I wanted to dominate my, my opponents every opportunity I got. And so hopefully, you know, through the time that I played there, I, I showed that. But, you know, it, it definitely means, means a lot to me to be a Bobcat. And I still keep up with the guys. And, you know, it, it Bobcats are, you know, that's, that's my everything still yeah. to this day. Yeah. For sure, man. Well, we'll get into all the great memories from your Bobcat career, but let's talk about when Montana State first landed on your radar. When Coach Gaines came there, what were you thinking? Had you ever heard of Montana? Do you have any idea what Montana was even going to be like? I had no idea, to be honest. I just had this fast-talking guy just... He is Come a fast-talking like, guy, too. Yeah, he, he asked me, like, Jody, I need to make sure I get your tape. At that point in time, it was all VHS. And make sure you have your tape ready. And, man, you're big time and this and that. And so he watched it, and he was like, man, we need to get you. Da, da, da. And I'm going to take it back to, to the coordinator and the linebacker coach. I know we're crazy if we don't we – don't, get you and luckily coach i own who's a mentor of mine uh he, he looked at it and was like yeah we, we need to get this guy he, he's worthy of being a bobcat and so it kind of just took off from there my mom and i we came up to bozeman on an official visit and we fell in love with the place although it did snow yeah my official visit um i i knew it was a place for me just the support that we had it, it was phenomenal and i knew that uh coach ash would do an excellent job with the program and get get it turned in a, in a positive place 
What do you remember about the first time you met Coach Ash? Uh, just uh, he was a very stoic person. Uh, I, I noticed that he had a vision. Everything was well thought out, and then he he just provided structure for me, and so that's what I appreciated. I knew exactly where I need to be and why I need to be there. I can tell you, Coach Ash and I didn't always see eye to eye, but I knew he always had my best interest. So you know, I always keep up with my old coach, my old ball coach. I mean, he still teaches me to this day. He always has some some words of insight for me and, and makes sure that you know I'm on the right path or thinking about things in a in a correct manner. So I definitely bounce ideas off of him. And he, you know, ha- has really played a big part of my life of the man that I've become. Never would imagine at that point when I first met him, but at this point in time in my life, he's a, he's one of the people that I, I hold near and dear to my heart. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's he's taught a lot of men a lot about football over the years, for sure, including me. He taught me a tremendous amount. He's a great football mind, for sure. Uh, let's talk about the, the group of guys, because I remember that time there was two, at least two, I mean, it was, it was always Texas guys in the recruiting class, but it was like two classes that had a ton of Texas guys, maybe like 20, maybe even more than that. And so, yeah. I, I mean, do you remember that early on, you know, a, a bunch of guys kind of come from one place where football is important to another place where football is really important? Yeah, so we had a big group uh, within that. I mean, probably the, like most notable people, you know, you have your Daenerys McGee, uh, you got your Darius Jones, you got your Eric Gilbert. You have all those guys. You got your Nah, Muyakiola. Yeah. All those guys kind of all coming from the same region. And we, we know that we, we wanted MSU to co- consistently come back. So it was a big deal for us to come up there and do a really good job. And I think we did that. I think uh, we got uh, so all Americans, you got conference MVPs, you got, you know, all big sky players all in that area so i think it was definitely well worth it and with the all-time winning this class to ever come through montana state history so we, we definitely left our mark and that's what we wanted to make sure we did well, I thought that, I just thought it was such a good idea by that staff because even though the weather is different, like a lot of the other stuff is the same from Texas, right? I mean, similar values in the people and like football is a big deal. It just seemed like it was a pretty good fit. That just seemed like such a good idea by those coaches to me. Yeah, it definitely. It was a good idea because it worked. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> they got the they got the right uh, young man uh, to come in and, and work hard and buy into the program and to the culture. And you know, it, it just kind of blossomed over time. I know as of as of late, they kind of gotten away from it. It looks like they go more to the uh, Pacific Northwest, which is really good football there. Um, and then as well as you know, California which is good football and down to the, you know, Nevada a little bit and uh, Arizona. So, but I think, you know, there's good football everywhere. And I think it just depends on the, the, the head coach and what he wants to do, his vision, and for the assistant coaches to, to follow along with that and, and get the guys there. When you first were in Montana, what was the first year or two like? I mean, was it weird acclimating to a, such a faraway place from where you grew up? Uh, certainly, it de- definitely was. I know my first year uh, while I was registering, I called my mom and was like, Mom, I'm coming home. <laughs> well, you're not coming here so uh, it forced me to really figure it out but once I really got acclimated to my surroundings and got involved with the community I mean it was the best decision I've ever made in my life so just coming up to Bozeman and entrenching myself into something that was new I think it, it really opened my eyes to where I can grow as a person it really helped me um, to to take on the career that I have today, you know, being able to communicate and talk with different people that grew up in different places, I think is really phenomenal. You know how how life kind of takes you to these different walks, and you learn different things from different people, and you have these awesome experiences. And Montana State ranks up there as the top experiences that I have, just because we won a lot of games, but I met a lot of awesome people as well. 
I mean, that's like one of the best parts about college football, too, right? Is just getting to meet guys you would never, ever in your life meet otherwise, right? Exactly. A lot of my best friends that, that I've met and a lot of guys that are at my wedding and a lot of guys that I still keep in contact with and we just have all these awesome memories. You know, things that, you know, we have in common and things, different experiences that we have, a lot of people would never imagine or guess of the things that, that we were able to do and, you know, just the, the late nights around each other in the locker room, just all the, the little things that you really don't think think about that we have and, and those are memories that I cherish to this day. Well, when you guys started building it, I know it was, you guys were, I mean, you guys weren't terrible at the beginning. I mean, they were still winning records, but when you were coming out of 2009, coming into 2010, could you feel sort of the shift uh, that, that was existing in the program and the improvements you guys had made? Um, certainly, certainly. Uh, the, the biggest thing that I noticed, I kind of give credit to, to our captain, uh, Mikey Ryder. Of course. He, he came in and said, okay, this is what it is, gentlemen. We're going to be a playoff team, so nobody, you know, everybody's going to be here in, in the summer. And don't make any plans for Thanksgiving because we're going to be here in Bozeman. We're going to have Thanksgiving together. And so when, when Mikey kind of set the, the tempo and set the culture for us at that point in time, everybody else fell in line. And so throughout the summer, that's what we worked towards, you know. Everybody came to, to summer workouts and we bought into every detail that was required of us. And then throughout the season, we did the same exact thing, you know, and we knew what we wanted to do. We wanted to be Big Sky champions. And I really saw, felt the, the tide turning when we went out to Weber and we, and we beat Weber State. Um, and, and it was a close, hard-fall game. And it came down to the fourth fourth down and it, they, were, they were inside our one-yard line. And we had a goal line stand. And so from that point on, it gave us the confidence to, to go out and win a lot of the games in the Big Sky. I think we lost three games that year we beat the Grizzlies and so uh and then we were able to get in the playoffs so we were fired up about that about that time and I just committed to to coach oh not coach but Captain Ryder who's like a coach for us for sure definitely set the tempo and then everybody else got in line and then the coaches they just guided us from there that first win in Missoula in 2010 that has to be one of your better memories yeah for sure you know I'm undefeated in Missoula so it's kind of like hey that's good bragging rights right there yeah that's my second home. So whenever I, whenever I go to Missoula, I, I just kick my feet up <laughs> a little bit, um, you know. But now it, it was phenomenal atmosphere, you know, being able to go into there to a hostile environment and pull out the W. You know, we had a lot of uh, young men that had never done that at that point in time. So we were fired up about it, and you know, we, we were excited to to bring home the Great Divide Trophy to a Bozeman, Montana, where it belongs. Then it kept rolling. You guys then became pretty much unstoppable in league play. I think you went 21-3 and over the next couple of years. So what was the key to that era? Because you guys were, now that I've covered the league for about 15 years now, you see a lot of times you got to decide which style you're going to play. Like, what's your identity going to be? And you guys were certainly really good on defense, but also really good on offense. It was like the most complete team I've seen in the league. You know, like right now, Bobcats are a lot about defense and run game. And, you know, then there's other teams like Eastern, all about the offense. How are you guys able to be such a sort of fully made and and, uh, deep and well-balanced team? I think it goes back to our coaches to have coach as definitely set an, a vision for what he wanted offensively, defensively. We had pretty good coordinators uh, at the point in time. We had Brian Wright uh, uh, heading us. Um, then we had uh, Coach McGiven was our coordinator at one point in time. Um, and I, I'm trying to blank on a, a couple other coordinators that we had, but we had guys that knew football really, really well and knew how to lead men. And at the same time, you know, the same thing on defense. But I think the thing that made us different is the confidence that we 
we had uh, in each other. And then uh, when you, you have that comp- confidence within each other, the scheme is going to take care of itself. So we was able to go out there and execute. We knew if we played together and we played for four quarters, you know, we were at some point we were going to win the game and we're going to break the will of the opponent. So we just believed in each other. We were just a tight-knit group that loved each other, loved being around each other. And from that point, we were able to, to make history. The uh, the linebacker group, you mentioned, first of all, Kane. I mean, of course, Kane, I own an all-time great Bobcat, certainly one of the greatest Bobcats to ever live, and uh, a guy that committed so much of his time to that university. What uh, what do you, what do you remember just about the, the first couple years learning under him? Because obviously you, you guys then became close. You mentioned you know, he's a member, uh, a mentor for you, and I know that you, know, you coached alongside him in Montana State later on too, but Kane, I own just in general, I mean, what was it like getting to know him initially, and uh, how much of an influence has he had on you? Initially, uh, when I first met Coach Ion, I just just gravitated towards him. I just knew that he he had a certain you know swagger about himself, and you know I wanted to honestly be better than Coach Ion. That was my my motivation in a sense. So I knew if I wanted to be better than him, then I had to know how he thought, know how you know uh, how to approach the game of football. But as I was the competitor I am, you know, and, and we got became closer and closer. I just realized how such a great man he is, and just how much he, he cared about not only myself but his, his guys, and how he was able to, you know, use his experience and, and his knowledge and and really be a, a master teacher to us and understand the game in detail. You know, just a just a phenomenal person, and he he really gave off that confidence. And coach would write poems for us, like before games, and use us in the palms and whatever he could find whatever whatever little detail that he can find to get us to play a little bit harder or to get us to understand the material a little bit better that's exactly what he did and he always set a standard for us as far as wanting to be the best we always wanted to be the best in everything that we did and so that therefore i think his group was one of the best groups on the team if not the best and so that's why you know he's a big time coach a big time person and an awesome family man and i mean i, I just love coach so much i know he He's just, he's just all that and, and a bag of chips, so to speak. When you think back about the defenses in general, what are, what are some of your memories of the units and, and uh, just some of the guys you played alongside? Because you had quite a few pretty memorable and pretty talented teammates. Yeah. Uh, so I know I was lucky to play along the front that I was able to play on. I, they made me a lot better than I was. Um, you know, first person that I had to line up on was, was Zach Minner, what, what Dan Ogden before Zach. Dan yeah, yeah. Ogden w- was one of my guys. What's funny, <laughs> like, people would never guess, like, in the summers, Dan Ogden always had the exception. Like, so everybody would come in the summer and bust their butt, but Dan Ogden would come into the weight room. He'll look around. He'll He'll do some curls. <laughs> and kind of laugh around, and then he'll walk out. But he was just, like, so good and so dynamic, just a, definitely a people person. Oh, yeah. So I, I had an opportunity to play in front of him. And then, you know, you had the Dane Fletchers, had I, who I had an opportunity to play with. Uh, just phenomenal. He just taught me work ethic and, and what it looked like on a daily basis. Then I had guys like Zach Minner, who's just unbelievable athlete, phenomenal person, and phenomenal athlete. I mean, uh, just the NFL guys, everybody know. And then I, I played with, with the likes of Caleb Streibice, you know, just along that front. You know, so those were really guys who were eating up gaps and, and taking double teams and all that so that I would get to shine. So I definitely can't can't forget those guys. And then I had guys that I played alongside of, like uh, Nah Muyakiola, 
uh, Cole Moore. Uh, Alex Singleton was my backup at the time, who I knew was a phenomenal player. I had to bring my A game every day to make sure that I was a guy that was starting. That must so be he, cool to see you and him balling in the NFL for you now. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't say that I'm surprised. Like no, Alex was no, just, for sure. He was so talented. Yeah, very, very talented. And he had the size, he had the speed, he had the smarts. So he would like take things from my game, and I would see him use it. I'm like, man, you can't use that. Like, why are you using? Like, <laughs> come on, man, you already bigger, stronger, faster. Like, you can't you can't use all my stuff now? But no, nah, it, it's awesome to see him, you know, grow and you know, really have the mindset. That that was the thing that I think separated Alex between myself and even other players is that the mindset that he had. You know, he the the trick that he he took it in the. NFL and the CFL and he just never gave up and I think after a while you know, it kind of wears on you a little bit, and guys choose to to get going on w- with life. And you know, Alex took to it because he's a phenomenal, phenomenal player, phenomenal person, and just another guy that I think is, is just a great human being. So it was nice being around him. You know, and then we had guys on on the back end that that really did an awesome job. You know, uh, Darius Jones, uh, one of my close buddies. Then you had Joe Fuller who was back there, Deontay Flowers, big time. We had uh, Bethley back there. Uh, I, I know I could be missing somebody. And one guy that I think is definitely underrated is Kevin Rotoriano. Oh, buddy. He's so good. Yeah. Kevo was so, so good. I think, man, he was selfless. First team all big sky as a junior and then transitioned his senior year to, to corner because the team needed him to. And it was just extremely selfless, was very, very smart. And I think, I don't know if Bobcat Nation really realized how good of a player that he was and person that he is. So that that's one of my, my closest guys that I still talk to to this day. Uh, and then we had guys like Corey Nickel who came in and, and he was a good player for us. And I mean, it was just so many guys. We just had a lot of talent and a lot of guys that we really cared about each other and put on the line for each other. And, you know, we made plays, made things happen. So it was definitely fun. I love those guys. I would give anything. You know, if those guys ever need anything, they know they can definitely call me. So, and oh, let me not forget Lexi Grosslack. Uh, Ooh, Lex! I just saw Lex the other week. Actually, he's dude, he's yeah. looking skinny. You would never even know he played college football. <laughs> yeah, I know. We catch up from time to time to time. Full four, man. He he was definitely a dude. So he made sure that uh, everybody was lined up, and I had to make sure that uh, you know I, I stayed on my p's and q's because you know Lexi was going to bring it. And then you got Clay Bignell was another one of my buddies who's also a coach. Yeah, he's at Notre and, Dame now, right? Uh, so Clay is actually at Vanderbilt That's right, now. that's right. So, yeah, so he's kind of been a lot of different places, but he was at Notre Dame, and he's at East Carolina, he was at Northwestern, so yeah. he's, he's made his fair stops. But, you know, I play with a lot of big-time people. You know, Brian Bignell, his brother, you know, can't get enough of Bignells. I'm sure it's, it's another one coming here soon. There so. has to be, right? <laughs> yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. So phenomenal family, though. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. Jody Owens joining us, catching up with the Cats here, presented by Blackfoot Communications, as well as Alpine Touch. 
I uh, tease for next week, keeping up with the Cats. The Philadelphia Eagles have a bye, so I'm catching up with Alex Singleton. And also tease for two weeks from now, Daenerys McGee's going to come on because the Houston Texans have a bye. My man just had a baby, so he was uh, waiting to make sure that the baby got here before he spent 45 minutes on the phone with me. But either way, there's your tease for the next <laughs> couple weeks of keeping up with the Cats. But, uh, Jody, let's talk a, a little bit about, uh, I guess I was going to share you a memory. Uh, I remember okay. when you got hurt, uh, it was either right before or during the Sam Houston game, I remember when Singleton came in. And it was like he was shot out of a cannon. I think he had a tackle for loss. Each of those first two plays, uh, that was an unbelievable uh, moment in time. That was kind of when he first flashed. But back to the the Sam Houston deal. What was that like for you guys as Texas guys? Because you guys got to play Sam Houston, I think, at least three times during your college career. And it was sort of like a a rivalry outside of the league and in the playoffs and all that. So was that weird or, or was that fun playing other guys from Texas? No, it was definitely fun. You know, that a couple of my buddies I, I was able to play against that I played against in high school, so it was fun. I wouldn't call it a rivalry because we never beat them, right, but right. <laughs> yeah, that, those guys were very, very exciting to play against. And I know uh, actually Willie Fritz, their head coach, yep. he also played here at Pittsburgh State, so oh, a lot of yeah. And then so he coached at Central Missouri, and you know he's continued to to climb the ladder. I had opportunity to talk with him not too long ago, but uh, the, it, it was definitely fun to to be able to go back to Texas and play and those guys come up here so it it was fun to to be playing in the postseason and you know we we became very very familiar with each other and I know uh you know when Alex came in when I when I hurt my ankle you know it was kind of like the passing of the torch right at that point in time so I couldn't couldn't hold him off the field too much longer it it was just time to shine at that point in time so that's how life happens sometimes for sure man with all the Texas connections that you guys had, did you guys keep any Texas like lifestyle, customs, anything like that going on? I know there was a lot of guys went to church, so that, that was probably one thing. Probably guys going to church together. So was there, was there anything else you guys did, barbecue style or anything else that was like Texas that you kind of tried to bring to Montana? Uh, well, no, nah, we just always hung out with each other. Yeah, so if you for saw sure. one of us, you was going to see two, three, four, five of us, you know, just all hanging out, probably listening to different kind of music than, you know, the, than the custom in, in Montana who we'll always be barbecuing and, you know, just hanging out and just enjoying each other's time because we knew it wouldn't last forever. So we definitely took advantage of the opportunity that we had to just be around each other and grow and bring W's to, to Montana State football. That was really big and important for us. Well, it's funny, too. I remember Preston Gale, one of the Texas guys, he used to always be singing during stretching or warm-ups. That was how I first noticed him, was him singing Merle Haggard or Willie Nelson or whatever. So that was always pretty funny. I remember I wrote that even about him uh, when I, during his senior profile because I just thought it was so funny that he loved this old-school country, a little Texas boy singing his heart out. Yeah, Preston, he's a good dude for sure. I can see that. Yeah, we had a, a lot of different kind of characters that oh, yeah. made us special and unique for sure. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Dan Ogden too. It's so funny because I first started covering you guys right at the end of that first championship season, that 2010 season. And I remember uh, they they would always tell me like, all right, Ogden's going to be really dramatic if he gets into that post-game press conference. And he always was. He was always funny though, man. He was, he was a, that was an interesting character for sure. Yeah, Danny, oh man, I know his family, they definitely took me in. Yeah. You know, anytime I uh, needed an extra meal or anything, I would always go up to Flathead Lake with him and his family, and they treated me like one of their own, so I definitely love Danny O, and he definitely has a, a big-time personality, that's for sure. He can he can definitely make you laugh. That That's easy for him. You mentioned going to Flathead. What were some of the other parts? What were some of the other parts that you liked about living in Montana? Aside from football, what about Montana did, did you enjoy? 
I enjoyed the people for the most part. Everybody just cared so deeply about, you know, other people. They were definitely selfless. I enjoyed floating the, the Madison River. I enjoyed the, the couple times I went hunting and, and I went up in the mountains just one or two times. Did you ever get anything? Uh, Nah, it was my first time shooting a gun, actually. For so sure. Was, yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah. I've, I've only ever shot birds. I've never got a big animal. It's hard. Yeah, it is. So it was fun. The The, the chase was fun for sure. So, um, and just getting out of your comfort zone, you know, I think that was the, the one thing that I just got out of Montana. The weather was different. I just had to be able to adjust. So it, it certainly helped me be the, the person, the man that I am in, that I am today, you know, and just being able to connect with different, different people and, you know, be able to and feel confident to walk into any room and know that I know what I know and, and I know that I can, uh, connect with people, which I think is, is very, very important in anything that you do, just people. The other coach I wanted to ask you about, because I know he had a hand in the Texas recruiting pipeline and also was just such a funny guy. A guy I still talk to all the time to this day, uh, Bo Beck. What would you think of, of Coach Beck? Because he's just such a funny guy, such a larger-than-life personality. Yeah, Coach Beck was a good dude. So he uh, he did an excellent job with the D-line. He had those guys rolling. I mean, just his resume is really incredible. Some of the guys that he's, he's able to develop and, and bring along. I thought, you know, he's just such a unique personality. It was always something going on with him. Just very, very funny and just, man, he's just, uh, like you said, larger, larger than life personality and, and definitely the life of the party, so to speak. Well, uh, you mentioned that you got a second home in Missoula. And that you guys did have a lot of success in that rivalry, but just the Cat Grizz rivalry in general. Now you've been around college football. You've been to some di- different schools. How does it compare? And, and what were some of your favorite parts about it? And I mean, just to even be a part of that history, that must be so cool for you and your former teammates. Yeah, I mean, I still haven't been a part of a rivalry that, that means so much to a group of people. And, you know, and I... uh coached at uh, Washington for a couple years and you know I've been to a, a few different places like uh, Reno and UNLV uh, or University of Nevada excuse me and UNLV and it, it's just Cat Grizz is just something that that's so different and just so unique and you know the trophy that we play for and, and the history behind it and then the guys that lay it out on the line and, and to win the game, you know, that's why why you why you do it for the for the bragging rights and to to get your edge into history and to uh, just really set yourself apart from the, the other group. I know for for a fact that you know I wasn't gonna walk off that field with an L my senior year. So we did everything in our power to enforce our will and, and be mentally engaged and locked in and play a, a physical game because those guys are always physical, but. Uh, you know, a bobcat is more physical than a grizzly every day of the week, so it made it happen. <laughs> I love it. I love that it's still sharp. I love that that still exists. That's what makes the <laughs> rivalry so great, man. Do you, oh, do, certainly. Do you have any grizz guys that you remember going against that were big challenges? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So there were, there were a few guys that really uh, helped me become the player that I was. Um, what, oh, I'm drawing blank on his name. He played for the Tennessee Titans, punt returner. He was a receiver. Mark Mariani. Absolutely. Mark Mariani. So I played Sam Becker, and I was going against Mark Mariani. And, <laughs> and the play that I remember distinctively. Because this was before like you that. switched to Will, right? This was when you were yeah. a younger guy, right? Yeah. Yep. This is my freshman year. Right. And... 
you know, this was when they went to the uh, national championship right, right. back in 2009. But the play was away from, from us, and, you know, I'm covering him, and he is still trying to block me. And I'm like, dude, there's absolutely no way I'm going to make this play. Why are you still trying to block me? Like, what what are, what are you doing? But it just gave me uh, insight on what it takes to be great. You know, you have to go above and beyond. And so I always took that, that piece that, that nugget from him, you know, and, and use it in my game. No matter where the ball was at, I was going to chase it. I was going to pursue it. I was always going to be above and beyond just the the, the normal football player. Uh, and, and I took that from him. Chase Reynolds was another player that I enjoyed competing against. I think he was just a phenomenal player, just hard-nosed. Um, you know, I, I made him fumble, you know, on his own. On on our goal line, you know, to, to win a game, I think was that in that was in twenty ten. That was that was the most yeah. iconic moment. That was one of the most iconic moments ever, man. Like that was that was the last college play of Chase Reynolds' career. Oh man, I guess I didn't realize that. Dang. Well, uh, he got drafted man. though, so it went okay for Chase. He he got drafted yeah, to play the yeah, league for seven yeah. years. Exactly. <laughs> he made he made his money, but I, I'll take that over that. Any hey, no week, doubt, so. man. No doubt. Yeah. But no, nah, I thought he was, he was a phenomenal competitor. I, I love going against him. I know I was going to get everything. And I, I knew that after playing those guys that, uh, you know, I, I knew where I stood just in the whole realm of, of college football. And so I always appreciated those guys and the way they competed for sure. Alpine Touch has been part of the fabric of Montana for more than 60 years. Decades ago, Russell Street started selling his Touch of Magic in Whitefish. Years later, Alpine Touch's all-purpose seasoning remains a favorite. It's tailgating season, and there's no better way to spice up your grill before a Grizz game than with Alpine Touch. Go to alpinetouch.com now and use the checkout code ESPN10 for a 10% discount on your order. Alpine Touch is here to keep your mouth watering all football season. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Well, let's talk about the the school element of it. I mean, that's one thing I think sometimes we don't talk about, uh, but it's such a huge opportunity, especially for guys from out of state because Montana State, it is an expensive school when you're coming from out of state, and it's a phenomenal school all the way around. So from an educational standpoint, you have to believe that 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 really helped set the table for the rest of your life, right? Oh, certainly. You know, I got my degree in education. Um, I wish I would have went ahead and got a engineering degree or something like that. But <laughs> right, <laughs> if I would have known what I know now, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm not good at math by any means. <laughs> Me neither, but, man. That's why I became a writer for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I got my uh, degree in education, history education, and it certainly uh, set me up. Went and taught down in Texas, uh, history education, and it really like the the foundations of teaching. That's what what I learned, and which that's what I do on a daily basis. Uh, now as a coach, a coach is a teacher, you know, but I'm just teaching a, a game. And so my education there really showed me how to break things down and how to really connect with people and figure out how what, what different kind of learners that I have. And so through my experience at Montana State, the phenomenal education is definitely uh, led me to, to go on and get my master's from uh, University of Nevada, Reno, uh, along with uh, University of Washington. So um, I think my, my experience and my education there has definitely set me up to you know, continue to excel from an educational standpoint. Do you have a, a favorite memory from your time at MSU? Man, it's so many. Right. Uh, one of them that comes to mind, beating uh, Eastern Washington on their uh, home home uh, on the red field back in 2011 when the first team to do it. Right. Uh, all, every Cat Grizz that we won, uh, 10 and 12, uh, that was pretty big time. Getting into the playoffs and, you know, just that, that whole deal, getting a playoff W of 
off of Stony Brook. Uh, I thought that was pretty special in over New Hampshire. Uh, that was fun. And, and really, the, the biggest thing that you miss is just the camaraderie, the, the fact that people actually cared about my life at that point in time. <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> totally, that was, those yeah. things were, were very, very special. And, you know, I definitely didn't take it for granted. And again, I, I loved every second of being a Bobcat. I, I cherish those moments. I cherish those people. I think about it very often. And, you know, I, I just I just love being a Bobcat. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Well, I got to ask you about your offensive guys real quick, too, because specifically Denarius, because I know he's such just a, a hilarious but also amazing character in Bobcat history. I was, uh, who was I talking to earlier today? I was talking to somebody earlier today. And, oh, I was talking to Troy Anderson about it because Troy was telling me that that was one of his favorite players growing up. And then I was like, all right, that must have been cool when he came back to coach. And he's like, yeah, dude, that guy doesn't sleep. Like, that guy, that guy's up in the morning, crazy, wild energetic all that but uh, i mean what do you remember about the offensive guys specifically some of the best ones some of the texas guys like denarius and trey robinson and those guys denarius was definitely a competitor um he definitely brought the best out of me as well um he, i just had to bring my a game he would talk noise to me and see people people know notice me for talking noise but denarius always started it always so he, he'll, <laughs> yeah he'll get me going and then from there i'm not gonna shut up <laughs> uh, but he was definitely a, a dominant competitor. You know, he, he definitely knew how to study the game of football. Where, and so where, we, we, I want to ask you about the 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 the, the uh, as Jeff Choate would call it, the verbal combat. Because I, I do yeah. think that that was one of the things that was the, so good about the Texas guys, though. Because you guys all brought it when it comes to talking smack. But it was never unclassy. It was always in good fun in the scope of the game. But like that has to be a Texas thing, right? Uh, I think so. And, and for us, that's just kind of how we're raised. It's like. You know, this is what you do. This is how you. We just look for any little thing to, to give the competitive advantage. And the only reason why I would talk noise was to to get you know other guys to think about me rather than their assignment. So if you're worried about what I'm saying rather right. than what gap you're supposed to fit or who you're supposed to block, then I'm a win because I know me talking noise is going to make sure that I know exactly what I need to be doing. So it, it's definitely just used as a, a competitive advantage uh, for me, and, and that's kind of how I always used it and i think the same for for the guys that i grew up playing with but anyways you can keep going about your your offensive guys i just had to ask you about that because i thought that was one of the most standout parts of this whole thing yeah so no it, it was fun competing against those guys trey robinson was another big guy uh tailback just phenomenal person i thought he he brought you know a different dynamic to to our team and to what we we're about and he was he, he, he really was so mature, us. right? Like that was so yeah. one, like he because he was married and he had a kid and all this, so like he just seemed so much older. Definitely, like we had to, you know, watch what we said around Uncle Trey, <laughs> yeah. him a little bit. But uh, no, he he definitely brought a, a a different aspect to our team, and he was focused and serious, and really showed showed us how to dial in, you know. Um, and then you had Everett Gilbert, who you know just flashed a lot. Was definitely like a big play threat in the teams and as well as on offense. And then you had like Elvis Akpla, who was just a phenomenal person, so super smart. One of my all-time favorites. I've never seen a receiver have a year that he had in 2011. Uh, then you had uh, Julius Lloyd, who was another one of my all-time favorites, watching how he competed and got after guys. That that was all always fun. And then you had Cody Kirk. You know, Cody ran the ball tough. And, you know, just so many guys on that side of the ball. Mike Person, you know, competing against him. And, oh, my goodness, it was, it was made it tough. Alex Terrian, uh, Sean Sampson. And I had to just bring my A game because those guys were really, really good and well-coached. And 
So in order for me to, to stand out, I had to really dial in to, to the detail of everything that I did. So it, it was definitely phenomenal. Well, no doubt. Well, this has been fun, man. Uh, super fun talking to you. Super fun catching up. Uh, so last couple of things for you. First of all, I know that you guys had, I think that that's one thing that I don't want to say is missing, but it's harder for young kids now to attain. It's harder for guys in college football to attain is is that the, the setting of a, of a prominent goal and then chasing it. Like, you know, like Ryder said, like, we're going to be in the playoffs this year. And then like, you guys had this goal. Let's be the best in the big sky. Let's, let's go dominate this league. And then you go out and do it. Like it, there's no, there's no other uh, option right like that that's what the expectation is so let's go get it done all that said what do you hope is the legacy that your class and your and your guys and, and that group of uh guys in that moment in time left at montana state i think the biggest thing that i hope we, we left is that we loved each other at the end of the day like we absolutely adored each other and, and we have like so many memories in it want to be known as you know uh dominant competitors guys that will lay it all out on the line that held nothing back um, and that guys that, you know, just a physical style of play uh, and, and guys that wanted to make sure Bobcat hands were, were left in, in better hands than, than how we found it. We certainly made our mark. Uh, we, we wanted to leave a mark in Bobcat history. We wanted to be able to come back, you know, years and years with, with our uh, significant others and families and be be able to say, here, here here's what we were able to leave behind. And I think we definitely made a mark in Montana State history and uh, Big Sky history as well, you know, uh, the teams that we were able to to put on the field and so we definitely wanted to to be able to you know do all these special things in which we were able to do the only thing we weren't able to do is win that national championship and i still wish we we would have made it you know i think uh we had some some teams that were really really close to doing it but our brotherhood and our our love for one another those are the things that really stood out to me and i I think we want to be known for yeah for sure man well you have uh already said it so many times so i can already tell i know exactly how much montana state in that time means to you but any last thoughts on this your time at montana state and and how it sort of set the stage for the rest of your life i would just say man uh just where i'm at to this day i mean i just want to thank my lord and savior for yeah. just giving me the opportunity to to have an impact for people to actually care who i am and what i'm about and i would just encourage everybody who listens to this is just treat people fairly and you know just do a do a good job of hearing other people and, and treating people the right way and i it's it's awesome to have a platform that i have you know through the game of football but one thing that i know is more to life than football sure. and how we treat people and how we love each other i think that's what's going to truly last forever um and you know i, I definitely as much as i love being a bobcat i love being a, a good person i think that's important and something that shouldn't get lost in translation uh and, and the whole grand scheme of things and uh besides that you know uh i would say just beating up on the grizzlies like i absolutely despise those guys <laughs> uh, every cat grizz i'm you know sitting in front of the tv um i'm like oh this is what we need to do um you know texting everybody and this and that because it's such a big deal you know we got to continue to to maintain dominance in the rivalry uh until uh one group is able to say that they've beaten uh, the grizzlies more than the cats yeah that they've beaten the grizzlies more than the cats have been beaten and right. i know uh they, they have a few games on us but i wanted to make sure i think i end up on uh 50 500 so yeah. which isn't good enough so just continue to dominate those guys they'll be all right I gotta tell one last story then, because this is this is a funny one. How old are you? You're like you're only a couple years younger than me, right? 
How old are yeah, you? I'm uh, 31 in okay. September. Right, so I, I'm three years older than you. So when you were playing, we were around. I mean, I was only a couple years older than you when you were playing. I'll never forget, though. Uh, the first time we were ever in a situation socially, you had stopped by my house. I think we were playing like softball in the fields by my house. We had some mutual friends, whatever. Yeah. At that moment, like I went to the University of Montana. I'm a journalist now, so I've been trying to be objective, whatever. Everybody in Montana State's been a lot nicer to me than the people in Montana. I'll tell you that. That's a public service announcement for people on the, the Grizz side of things. But either way, uh, my sister-in-law had once upon a time made me a blanket with a Grizz logo on it. I'll never forget, yeah. you came to my house, and we're, we're hanging out, whatever, we're about to play some softball, and you saw the blanket, you're like, nah, I'm not doing it. You knocked it off the couch, and you're like, I'm going home. <laughs> I think you ended up coming it back and playing softball, but it was like, yep, yeah, this dude cares about the rivalry for sure. Yeah, man, it, it's a big deal to me, and so I, I just uh, wish those guys well, and uh, I, I'd definitely like to come back up there here soon and be able to talk with the guys and get them ready to go because it is definitely a big deal. And I, again, I want the people, uh, Bobcat Nation, to know that you know there is definitely love from myself and my family to to you guys, and I'm always thinking, thinking of you guys, and I, I wish you guys well. And until we were able to connect again, maybe one of these days I, I'll be up back in that way and be able to give back to a university that I love nearly and dearly. Jody Owens, one of the best in the business. So good talking to you, man. Thanks so much for being with us. Catching up with the Cats, presented by Blackfoot Communications. This was awesome, man. Thanks for doing it. No problem, Culture. Thank you. I appreciate your time, certainly.